Jesus' name. What a sweet spirit of the Lord that's here this morning. Amen. Such a precious spirit of the Lord. Now that you're seated, I was reminded, I'm going to go ahead and give you the opportunity so I don't forget. I appreciate the reminder. If you have offering that you desire to give, tithe, you desire to return, there's some offering baskets up here. Why don't you take a moment, step out of your seat. Amen. If you just want to stretch your legs and twist for a minute, you can do that too. Praise God. God bless you. Thank you for faithfulness in the kingdom of God. Anybody know you can't outgive God? If you want to have fun in your finance, try to outgive God. I I remember I've been thinking about this as cold as it's been these last few days and snow and I remember a few years ago uh we ha- we have too many coats in our house. Isn't that a good problem? And I remember a few years ago I'm like, you know what, we gotta get rid of some coats. Let's go through all of our coats and uh let's clean some out here and let's you know, it's cold. Uh let's just take them down to the mission, let's take them down to where they would give them out and they would be of value. I think it was October, November, or something like that. I don't remember how many. We took a bunch. Um, Just accumulated through the years, you know. We accumulate stuff. And so so we just took them down. I kid you not, for Christmas I got more coats. (laughs) People sent me coats for Christmas. I'm like, precious Jesus. He knew I didn't need a coat. He was just showing me. That's what I felt like he was just showing me. And so, by the way, it might be a good time to give away some coats if you haven't gone through your closet in a while. If you've got, if you've got some sweaters that aren't all beat up and are decent, that maybe be good to maybe take those. You've got some extras, and as cold as it is, it would be a good time to maybe give those away. Amen? And so, uh, that's just a free advertisement if you will there just might be good James said if you see if you see a brother cold and you say God bless you but you don't give him a coat so help me Lord amen what a sweet spirit of the Lord that's here today I'm thankful for that I'm thankful that you're here it's good to be with you and worship him together Amen. Why don't you grab your Bible? You may already have it there in your hand. And go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Praise God. I don't have holiday messages, but... uh, I'm looking at this verse, and I thought, well, that's sort of fitting. I didn't know we were going to go this direction until about 20 minutes ago, if that. So here we are. Uh, It's nice to have a 20-minute notice. Thank you, Lord. Last service, we had to wait for, everybody had to wait for a little bit while we, (laughs) so thankful for a 20-minute notice. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 
14. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14. Now you understand why I said I don't have holiday messages. If you read the first three words there. But what better love to talk about on Valentine's Day than his? Listen what Paul said or wrote. For the love of Christ constraineth us. It's got a hold of us. It's like grabs hold of us. It's it's producing something. It's it's I, I can't just be idle because of his love. It's affecting me. It constrains us. Because we thus judge or determine, we can tell, that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Notice there's a colon there, verse 15. And that he died for all. Man, aren't you thankful for that? He died for all. That they which live, that's you and I, should not, everybody say should not. Should not henceforth live unto, unto what? Oh. You mean I'm not living for me? I'm not living for myself? Is that what he said? Notice he didn't make that decision out of pressure. It was the love of God. It was the love of Christ that constrained him. He died for all. Such love I've never seen manifested before. This is Paul's expression. And because of that expression of love for me, I, I, I can't live for myself any longer. Henceforth, right, as a result of, because of, because of his love for me, that caused him to die for me. One place Paul penned these words. He commendeth his love or proves his love for us. That while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Not while we were treating him right. Not while we, were doing, not while we proved ourselves to him. While we were sinners. While we were violating his word. While we were sinning against him. While we were contrary to him. He proved his love for you and I. That he died for us. And Paul said, the love of Christ constrains me that I can't live for myself any longer. I can't live for myself any longer. My plans, my goals, my dreams, my ambitions, my agendas, my, my, my. Henceforth, I don't live unto myself. This is a result of identifying with the love of God. It constrains us. Henceforth live, should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto... Now, they don't stop living. See, this is the thing. You don't stop living. You just stop living for self. And you live unto Him. That's really living. That's really living. 
but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, he likes that word, as a result of, that's what henceforth means, as a result of or because of this. Wherefore, because of this, know we no man or we know no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth, I told you he likes that word, yet now because of this, know we him no more. He's talking about the, the man, Christ Jesus, that walked the earth. We, therefore, I like this. Watch this. If any man, everybody say any man. That's not gender specific. That's mankind when he's saying that there. If any man. Who does any apply to? Everybody. That's exactly right, Josiah. Everybody. You know what that means? That means it applies to you and to me. I don't know what that does for you. That means it applies to me. Not because I deserve it. It's the love of Christ that constrains me. And because of this, if any man that makes room for me. That's what made room for you. Any man. Any woman. Any. He's no respecter of persons. There's no past too bruised. There's no mistake too great. There's no failures too many. There's no problems too large. There's no mess ups that you can't. Any man. Be in Christ. Now you can't live to yourself and be in Christ. But if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. What I once was. If I'm in him. Because of love. The love he has for me. The death he died for me. If I'll acknowledge and receive and allow the blood of Jesus to walk, wash over my life and cleanse me and allow Him to come and dwell in me by His Spirit. If I'm in Him and He's in me, I am a new creature, a new creation. What I once was, everything I did was, all of that that defined me, my identity, who people knew me as, how people knew me, how I knew myself. If I'm in Him, it's gone. I'm new. I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation. I'm made new. He who created all things can create me and you new. Not repaired. Not fixed and patched up. New. Created new. If any man be in Christ, he is a New creature, new creation. You're not better than you used to be. You're new when you're filled with the Spirit of God and you abide in Him. You're made new. Watch. Old things are dead. 
That's what it means, right? You say they passed away. Dead. Old things are passed away. Old things are dead. They don't live anymore. The things that used to identify me, identify you before him, before I identified with him, before he put his blood on my life, before he bought me, before he filled me. Those things I don't even identify. Those things are dead now. Old things are dead, passed away. Behold, most of the things in my life are new. Oh, no. Behold, all things. All things. All things. All things. Every element, every situation, everything that I wish was just done away with when I'm in Him. All things. Man, thankful. All things are become new. And, verse 18... This doesn't mean I became a really good person or you became a really good person. Verse 18 reveals that. And all things are of God. Who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Have you ever... Don't raise your hand, you know what? If you've lived more than a few years, this is true because you're human. You ever had a broken relationship that you you desperately wanted to see it healed and brought back the way it was supposed to be? This is exactly what every one of us had or have, depending on where you're at in your walk, with the Lord Jesus Christ, with God. A broken relationship. From what he intended for us versus what we have. When we live to ourselves, that relationship is broken. It's not what he intends. And there's no way that you and I can get ourselves back in right relationship. And the Lord knew that about us. And so he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to prove how much I love them and how much I desire this relationship with them, then I'm going to die to make a way that they can be brought back into right relationship with me. I'm going to reconcile, I'm going to correct that which is broken to restore right relationship, what I intended them to be before they fell. And we all have fallen. We all were born in sin. We were all shaped in iniquity. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The love of God constrains us to stop living for ourselves. It makes us new. And God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, the work of the death, the burial, and the resurrection, has reconciled us to himself. He has brought us back into right relationship with God. When we are washed in His blood and filled with His Spirit, that's called being born again. We're born into the relationship that He intended us to have with Him. It's why no one's ever really complete until they've been washed in His blood through baptism filled with the Spirit of God. There's always this longing, this emptiness. What's missing? The relationship hasn't been fully restored the way he intended yet. But he made a way. 
He's reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, verse 19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them or not holding our mistakes and our failures, not making us pay for them the way we should. And he's committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, for those of us that this applies to, that this has happened, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God himself did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Aren't you thankful for that? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The love of God. The love of God. Is constraining us. To no longer live for ourselves. To no longer live for our own desires. But to live unto him. The love of God brought you and I from a lost state to him. Not just so we could say, man, I've made it. But so that we could and would now live our life fully and completely unto him. What pleases him, what benefits him, what serves his purpose, what honors him. We sang the song, I give you my all. That's exactly what he desires. Everything. Because he gave everything. He gave everything. It was a pretty good exchange, you understand. I mean, I don't know what you brought to the table. I know what I did not bring to the table. And he's willing to exchange with me. And with you. Now, our human nature is an interesting thing. We are all made up of body, soul, and spirit. And body is flesh. And flesh likes to do what flesh likes to do. That's living to myself. That's living to myself. And so this is why, and, and just because I've been filled with the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that I never struggle with that or you never struggle with that. It means, but I understand the love of God is my motivator to not live to myself. Not fear of what could happen if. Not I want to get this. My motivator is the love of God for me. The fact that he already proved his love to me is what motivates me to stop living for myself any longer. And to start living for him. Stand with me.
Jesus' name. I hear this question in my spirit. Who will you live for? Who will you live for? Will you live for self? Or will you live unto him? And when I live unto him, he told us, he gives me, he gives you the ministry of reconciliation. The very thing that he did for me when he filled me with his spirit and brought me back into the desired and designed relationship with God that he intended me to walk in. When I start living unto him and not unto self, he gives that very same ministry to me and to you. And we have the ministry of reconciliation to where now we become, he said, ambassadors for Christ. And now when we speak, there's a ministry that flows out of us that brings people from where they are back into right relationship with God if they respond to the love of God. This is his design for every one of us. Why do you think the adversary wants us to continue living for ourselves? You think the adversary wants a bunch of ambassadors for Christ? Understand, to be an ambassador doesn't just mean, oh, I just talk about him. I mean, that would be part of it. But to be an ambassador is to do the work of, to represent him to the world. Paul used those words, you know. He said, the world. You and I are designed to be ambassadors when we were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He gave you the ministry of reconciliation. If you want it flowing and operating through your life, there's going to be a daily decision that says, I'm not going to live for myself today. I'm going to live to His purpose. I'm going to live to His plan. Now, I want to say this. This living and walking, you can be seated again. I thought I was done. You guys were thinking that was the shortest he's ever preached in his life. I really do think I'm almost done. This living and walking in the Spirit as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ this daily walking in the Spirit. I can't do this on my own ability. You can't do this in your own ability. This is why he baptizes us with the Holy Ghost. So that I don't, you know, the Apostle Paul said it, right? I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son. of I live by His faith, not even my own faith anymore. And so... This walking in the Spirit comes from fellowshipping the Spirit of God consistently and continually. 
Go listen to the first service today. You'll get a whole lot more about that. And so through prayer and the word, I'm fellowshipping the spirit of God that dwells in me. Right? He didn't come and dwell in me just so I could continue living my own life. He made it so I could now fellowship him continually. This is what the apostles recognized when they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus that we walked with for three and a half years is in us now. We thought he was gone away and we lost fellowship. But he said he was going to come and be in us. They identified this spirit that's in me is the very same spirit that I sat around the fire with. It's the very same spirit that walked with us and talked with us that we watched do miracles that told us to feed 5,000. But now that spirit is within us. And they realized I can have fellowship with him every day. We didn't lose it. We gained it the rest of our lives. And so they purposed to fellowship the spirit of God that they were filled with. They didn't make receiving the Spirit of God an it. They knew it was Him, Him dwelling in them. And so when they prayed, they talked with Him. When they read, they talked with Him. He was in their midst. He was in them. And so this walking in the Spirit, once I fellowship with Him, is I don't have to go around like, You know, I think I have a word to say to you. People do that, you know. You know what they're doing? Is they're making walking in the Spirit something that draws attention to them. By making this show. This show. One of my kids... Did a very spiritual thing yesterday or the day before. They went to Ray's Thrift Market on 56 and some of you to mail a package. They've gone in there and done that several times. There's plenty of other places they could go. I've encouraged them at times to stop on the way out here to church, and there's a Sela post office right there. You could use that. They just like going to that place. They've developed a relationship with the lady behind the counter. All right? Older lady, don't get any ideas. Don't want you thinking about, oh, now the motive's revealed. No. <laughs> they, right, and they've gone, and they enjoy, the, you know, little conversations come up along the journey there as a result. Yesterday, I think it was yesterday, they took a package to mail. They're talking to the lady behind the counter. And a door opens about church. And the Lord. What do you go to church? Tells them. Guess what? That lady that works, 56 and some of you at Ray's, she lives in Sela. She goes, I know right where that little church is. I know, right, I know where you're talking about. I've seen it. Next time you come, bring a card so I'll know what time you have. I was going somewhere, but we haven't, and I'm looking. Now, they didn't go get up in the morning praying, Oh God, I want to be led by your spirit today, dude. Now they may have prayed that. And the Lord said, This day, my son, take the package. And at such and such time, go mail the package. And I'll reveal to you my spirit. 
See, sometimes we, obviously I'm being a little facetious here. But sometimes we get this idea when we talk about walking in the spirit that it's that. Now, there will be times God will deal with you and direct you to do something. But if we are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and we fellowship his spirit through prayer and the word consistently, daily, regularly, as we should. Because we're filled with his spirit, so we want to spend so we want to spend time with him. And so we do so we're fellowshipping him the way the disciples fellowshipped him. Then when we live our lives and walk about in our lives, we walk in the spirit. Stop making it some big grand thing that's hard to do. Now, it's hard to crucify the flesh. But stop trying to, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, oh, I'm just waiting on God to hear. And, and some people will be like, you know, I believe God told me to tell you this. You don't have to posture when the Lord is using you and the Spirit of God is leading you. I just felt the Lord put this on my heart. Now, we may say those things sometimes. You understand, I'm not. But walking in the Spirit, it isn't some show or display or something we've got to put on or make people see. Does that make sense? The Lord's trying to help us today. Because some of you are thinking, man, I don't know if I can walk in the Spirit. That's tough stuff. I've never felt really like... It's not feeling either. It's relationship with God. Spending time with God. Being filled with the Spirit. And then just yielding. And you know... Many, many times I realize the spirit's working. You know, I'm, I'm not the sharpest tack in the drawer there. And so lots of times something happened. I'll be like, man, the Holy Ghost is here. Now you might think, well, oh, he knew it beforehand. No, I didn't. Just a conversation started flowing. And man, you identify, oh, this is, oh, hold on. I'm not in a hurry right now. There's something happening right here. And I, I just thought I was just doing a casual exchange. I thought this was something simple. But oh, now I recognize there's a flow of ministry here. That's walking in the spirit. I didn't produce that. I didn't get up in the morning and look at my calendar and go, okay, spirit of the Lord, tell me what to do at 11. Spirit of the Lord. Now I seek to be yielded through the course of my day. I want to be sensitive. But let's stop making walking in the spirit out to be some strange ooh ah mm, thing. You understand the adversary tries to do that so that we will disqualify ourselves. And say, oh, I can't walk in the spirit. You know, that's that's reserved for like just a few people that are like super spiritual. If you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you should be walking in the spirit. If you're struggling to do that, listen to this morning's session, the first one. It's because you're not fellowshipping the Spirit. You're fellowshipping something else. And so you're dull of hearing. Sorry, that came across sort of blunt, didn't it? But we want to walk in the Spirit. Amen? This is what the love of Christ constrains us to do. I don't want to live for myself anymore. I did that. I remember the results of that. It's nothing I'm really proud of. I remember living for myself. Oh, I may have had some fun along the way. But man, the, the trail that it left. No, I'm not interested in that anymore. By your grace, God, I want to live unto you. I want to live unto you. 
I feel the enabling power of the Spirit right now. I want to live unto you, God. Would you reach to him? I just want to live unto you. He's going to enable you. That's why he baptizes us with the gift of the Holy Ghost, because we cannot do it ourselves. This is why we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, so that we can walk in the Spirit. This is why Paul said, if that same Spirit which dwelt in Christ Jesus dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal bodies. It will make it alive. Alive to what? Alive unto Him, living unto Him. You can live and abide and walk in the Spirit. This is the plan, design, and desire of God for you and I. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. Stand with me for real this time. In Jesus' name. Here's a tip. If you're going, well, how do you know? When do you... Here's a hint. Jesus never takes time off. Ever. And so you're just... As you're going through your day, you're ever cognizant, ever aware... Now, you can't fall in the trap of trying to force things to happen. Right? But man, when he opens the door, don't hesitate. When that door is open, speak. Somebody hear me. When the door opens, speak. They ask you a question, don't go, oh, man, I've got to think about that because I don't want them to think this. I don't want them to wonder about that. I don't. Speak truth. If they didn't want to know, they wouldn't ask you. And if they don't like your answer, they shouldn't have asked you. Speak the truth in love. The world wants to know. They just got to find an ambassador. They just got to find an ambassador. You're the ambassador. In Jesus' name. Would you love him right now? I want to return some love to him. Jesus, we love you. We worship you and we thank you today, Father. We thank you for grace that never fails. We thank you for the enabling spirit of grace. Lord, we worship and magnify you today. You are holy, you are righteous, you are just, and you are good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray your ministry through us for the glory of God, for the purpose of God, for the plan of God. Let us, I pray, according to your word and your will, walk and live in the Spirit. In Jesus' name. Romans 8 bears reading. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, that's what we read. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Further down in the same chapter, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Got to be led by. Amen. Are you glad you've come to the house of the Lord today? Today is a beautiful day, isn't it? We are going to baptize Patrick today. 
in Jesus' name. I'm pretty excited about that. You probably can't tell, but I am. It was wonderful to spend some time with him and Annie the other night. and Man, I just felt the Lord in our home talking about the Word of God. and The Lord was gracious to open our understanding in the Word. And, and so, amen. We're going to give you a few minutes. We're going to let him change. And uh, then we're just going to baptize him in the name of Jesus Christ. Let the blood of Jesus wash over. Erase every sin, every mistake, every past failure make him clean in Jesus name so God bless you feel free to greet someone and uh, we'll allow him to get changed and ready and then we'll, we'll sort of get your attention when we're ready there amen God bless you